This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Orr, joined by cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino, and famed basketball analyst. We got him <laughs> on the podcast today, oh, <laughs> Shotgun Sprantling. Um, we're talking about spring football, Shotgun. Are you okay with this? I know you're a stranger to the pod, <laughs> but are you okay? Because I wasn't here for one episode? Yeah, exactly. That makes me a stranger? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Stranger to the Glad pod. to have you back, Shotgun. Glad everything is okay with you and your vehicle. He was very threatening last episode, and it was very scary, and I'm glad you're back for that sole reason, which I, tells you how have you back. concerned I was, because I never want you back. Also, you see how much I listen to podcasts and have no clue what he's referencing. I think I said on that episode, he never listened to podcasts, so this is just for me. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's been very busy. Yes. Spring shotgun schedule. I always say it in that order, and that makes no sense, but your spring I'm, schedule is... But also because of... CIF pushing everything back in the spring. We're covering high school football games. High school basketball just started We know. Up. You it's say it every ridiculous. time you come on the pod. It's ridiculous, though. We know. He's like a cicada that evolves. <laughs> what does that mean? He has to crack out of his basketball <laughs> form and like take on... Caterpillar. Uh, that's too complicated. Maybe 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 a snake. You know, that when it molts? It sheds. Yeah, it's molts. Is snake. it molting? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I'm not smart enough. Shock or tarantulas. Anyway... Uh, glad to have you back, Shotgun. Glad Thanks. to get your spring ball takes on a recorded format that is not instant analysis. But <laughs> you know what is back? What is? The stonks. Oh, great segue, Chris. I'm trying. I'm just trying to be a contributor. <laughs> well done. I'm proud of you. Like Chris said, we're back to our original in-season format for this episode. We're getting stock up, stock down, maybe even a stock neutral or two. Oh, jeez. We'll have some heard it. I really on forgot the... about that. That's how long it's been. Wow. We'll have a heard it on the sideline of original. Original content. Original. <laughs> heard it on the sideline. Not heard it on the sidelines podcast, which is the spinoff sitcom that Shotgun started. Sitcom. <laughs> Does <laughs> it have a laugh track? We're delirious today. And then we'll have some classic take or leave it from Chris Trevino. Yes? Should be a fun episode. Maybe a little. And one. And one. And one. Um, as a reminder. If you guys have any questions or comments for the pod, please tweet at Shotgun Spratling if you want them to be read or email us at the Family Feud Podcast at we, gmail.com. We also take pod at gmail.com. We also take concerns. I don't want to open that up because I think people have you can a lot send of it concerns. to me. You can you can DM to me. To give you an idea, someone left a podcast review this week that said the hosts are very knowledgeable and entertaining, but also insane in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not the Family Feud Pod, I don't know what else is. <laughs> Well, like I said, guys, we're doing stock up. Let's just start it off. Shoddy, I know you have 90 million, so let's get one from you. Stock up who you got. I'm going to start with culture creation. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. It's just very shockany. Culture creation. I mean, that's what the, the whole thing that Todd Orlando talked about is creating this culture, you know, of you know, the physicality. And I think that 
we've seen that. Now, obviously, it's only been four practices that we've seen so far. And what you do in the spring doesn't necessarily translate to the fall. But I think they're taking the steps in the right direction, which is something we haven't always been able to say about this program in the spring or the fall. So I think, you know, he talked about on Tuesday, he didn't want to talk about any players in particular because he says until they put the pads on, it doesn't matter. Um, so then when we did see them in pads, we haven't got to talk to him since, but he, you know, what he talked about creating that culture in the spring so that it would continue into the fall. I think we're seeing those signs and we're seeing the right steps and they're moving the right trajectory towards being a more physical group, a group that isn't afraid to hit a group that doesn't have to, you know, when they do have one hit, doesn't have to stand over you all the time and tell you about that one hit because it's the only hit they get. Uh, so I feel like it's being more consistent and they're building towards the right direction. And that starts with the defense, but it also starts with Bobby Steiner and the boys and what they do in the strength and conditioning program. And we're hearing nothing but positive reviews there. Even people off the record, you're not hearing like, eh, which you sometimes hear, you know, some people just aren't, you know, it, it doesn't go with the flow. Everyone seems to be positive so far about yep. the strength and conditioning program. I understood that reference. I prepped him. <laughs> two, boys. two thoughts one culture creation sounds like your indie yogurt brand second <laughs> that's great <laughs> i give you that one thank you i also had energy slash defensive unity on stock up which is kind of a spinoff from your what you just went over so i'm not going to repeat it too much but i thought the trojan drill is a great addition they didn't have it in fall something that they can do in spring i'll send there's some chippiness. And I think chippiness, especially in spring, is good. You want to have that fire that kind of like overflows a little bit. Um, it's nothing too serious, but you want that kind of competitive fire. So I think you can definitely see in the Trojan d- drill in particular, not only the defensive players, but the defensive staff. They're so fired up and they're like chest bumping each other and like doing all this stuff. And I just feel like they're very united and not in like a fake forced way, but just in like a we encourage each other and we like each other as a unit. So Yeah, the coaches are seem like downright giddy. Yeah, and those like <laughs> that minute when Helton's talking to the team, and they're all just like gathering around. They're all like they're just all giddy. That's the best word I can explain it. And there's nothing more exciting and terrifying than an Oklahoma drill, and it's very exciting to watch. I wish I wish fans could see it. I wish they would let us film. I wish it. I could film it. And look, it, it's the reason why college football programs don't do Oklahoma drill and do it for 15 minutes or whatever is because there's the potential of injury. However, it's a modified version. It's not the same as a, a true Oklahoma drill. Um, and it's basically a one-on-one matchup. It's kind of a mono-a-mono. It's a, you know, there's a masculinity portion of it is beat your guy in front of you. Can you do that? And it, you know, just puts it on an individual to go make a play, go make a tackle, or, or make a block. And I think starting out with that, which they've done the two full pad practices, just creates, and it's about the culture again, but it it's creates the energy that has has followed throughout the entire practice. It hasn't been like, okay, we're going to get up for this, and then that's it. And then let's go into special teams and stop hitting it all for the rest of the practice, yeah. which would be, which would lend to what Keeley said about how it's kind of a fake thing. No, it's not like that. You know, you're seeing it carry through practice, and it's not something that they're doing for 15 minutes. I think on, on Tuesday when they did it in the Coliseum, they did like six plays maybe, and it was a lot of young guys. So it's, hey, it's, it's putting the young guys in there and saying, hey, we want to see what you got. You know, prove something to the rest of the team. You know, it's giving those guys an opportunity where it's not like putting your starters in there and potentially getting them, you know, banged up or anything. So I think it's a, you know, the way they've done it so far, I think is a very positive development. Agreed. Chris Trevino, it is time for your stock up. 
I don't like doing the big overall arching things like You're very culture. Specific. I'm very specific. Yeah. I'm very niche. <laughs> so I'm going to keep my theme with Go that. And I got safety Britton Allen. Okay. Obviously, mm-hmm. it came out today that the spring starting nickel, Max Williams, unfortunately, he in fact tore his ACL, the same one that he tore his senior year of high school. So that essentially is going to wipe him out for uh, this year. And immediately after that, Britton Allen is the one who stepped up for those first team nickel, a position that's already hurting with Greg Johnson out and rehabbing. So obviously he's in line. I, I'm assuming they're going to maybe mix some other people in there to give mm-hmm. him some depth. But I'm assuming Britton, who I, I said was somebody who could possibly you could probably throw in at nickel before the season came out. Like, I think that's an interesting spot for him. He's very good at playing in the box. He's obviously has an opportunity to take all these spring reps at nickel and be ready when Greg comes back to possibly push for that spot and add more depth and maybe be that dime guy that Max was uh, last season in that package. So opportunity for him this spring to get a lot of reps. I'm very interested to see on Saturday, just starting with Saturday, is he the guy that gets those reps? Because coming off of his freshman season, his true freshman season, the previous defensive staff really liked him, thought he was doing some really nice things, him and Dorian Hewitt both. And last year, we didn't see either one of those guys, really. So they kind of got passed over by some other guys. So I'm curious to see if he has made some strides this offseason in the coach's eyes to where now they think that he is one of those guys that can step up and make plays. Because he and Dorian Hewitt, I thought, both made some you know some important plays for them on defense, stepping in, and on special teams uh, as true freshmen. I'd stock up for the sixes both Josh Jackson and Isaac Taylor Stewart. Nothing too crazy. It's not like, oh my God, they're the spring star and we know this on practice four. I just, they're exceeding my expectations. I think Dante Williams has worked with ITS and I think it, he looks better and we didn't see much of him. So I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. And then Josh Jackson, I had really low expectations just because when guys switch sides of the ball, um, it sometimes they can get a little confused or lost in the depth chart. But I think he's making plays and, and his wide receiver skills are paying off um but i mean this is also a product of the cornerback depth is like non-existent but we'll get to that later um but yeah so i had stock up for the sixes yeah like you i was a little bit worried that josh was kind of get lost you know when we reported the move like last year or something like that it kind of got lost in the shuffle that he was being moved in the middle of the season we couldn't really watch practice so we didn't really know what he looked it looked like and obviously i don't think he played in any games uh, um, he, would know he, he made the move like the last two weeks of the season, I want to say, as far as practice. But no, he didn't participate as a cornerback in any games. Yeah, so I, th- I was a little worried that he was going to get lost there because he is a really good athlete. And I know, you know, we watched him. We knew he could do that, but we weren't sure what it was going to look like. Um, and he's, you know, doing super well with it. And he's arguably the star of spring. So far. Um, <laughs> I literally said, it's not star spring status. I I, I, I I have some of that for my take it or leave it, but okay. I feel like he's the closest thing you could point to a star of spring. I think he's been the early standout. Well, I, I would put it that way. I won't put star, but standout. I feel like star is generous. <laughs> I said if you had to pick somebody. I'm just trying to Look, save we'll this, get into this debate later. Chris Curse, okay? That's all I'm oh, trying to do. Oh, jeez. Uh, so I think it's interesting is because the timing when he moved last year, you're just like, why are you making that move? I thought it was really odd, to be honest. Because 
in particular because you're like, okay, Elijah Griffin probably should come back. We'll see if he does or not. You're like, Amon Ross St. Brown is definitely gone. Tyler Vaughn's is probably gone too. The wide receiver depth is, is kind of, you know, is anemic. You know, they've added Katie Nixon. They've added Taj Washington, uh, who will join them in the summer. Um, so you're getting Kyle Ford back, but that's a question mark. Brew McCoy was still a little bit of a question mark just because he hadn't played too much. So it was kind of like, why make that move when the wide receiver depth's going to be thin? He makes the move over to cornerback, and there's no depth at all there now. Yeah. Um, so it, it, you know, he's getting a ton of opportunities, and that's huge for him because when you make that position move, is getting those reps early. And you're seeing guys, you, you talk about Britton Allen, you know, there's guys in that secondary that don't get a ton of reps, those new guys, because there's been so many young guys that have come into the, the safety spots that aren't getting a ton of reps early, whereas Josh Jackson you know, is on the field as much as he can handle basically right now. Yeah, those cornerbacks are getting a lot of work. <laughs> I, I had popping on there, which just you popping, know, popping. Yeah, I feel like this is a more her on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that too. But just there's more popping uh, right now, which we didn't necessarily, and maybe it's because we haven't seen practices so long, and I'm a little bit recency bias there. I think a little bit, but there's some popping going on. You know, I thought that they're you know the running backs running over some people in, in the last practice in the Coliseum. Count so I I think that's a, a positive for for the group right now. So I think it's stock up there. Now the rest of my list is just. Direct players, so I was going to save that for last. I was just going to read them off, and you guys could comment on them. Thank you. Very proud of you for trying to be concise. Chris D, do you have anything else? I'm to talk sorry. About? I'm just still stuck on popping. It's just in my head. Stuck up on popping. I, like, were you meditating when you were doing stuck up? And Keeps you it on and like, popping. Come on. Culture creation. Yeah, I, I, I get. Like, yeah, he he's going off with vibey. these. Yeah. Um, I have uh, defensive line versatility, and we talked about it. When I you were picking my brain and how oh yes last episode yeah when you were sorry she pointed at me and it threw me off she, I was trying to get she the visual bit in me my own <laughs> fell on my own at, sword there I'm beating you at your own game is what yeah defensive means. versatility I'm just seeing all these guys mix and match you're having you can put uh, Thule on the edge you can move him into D tackle you have Jamar who can play on the edge you have Dijon Benton who got a little bit banged up on Tuesday who's been playing both ways. Uh, outside and inside and then Jacob Lichtenstein can go inside and then at the second flip out like a predator stand up rushing so I really like what they're doing with that defense and all the mixing and matching and I I can't wait to see what it looks like when you get a Nick Figueroa back and you get an Ishmael Shopser back in the fall um um 99 and Drake Jackson back because he has not been able to to practice yet in full pads there's also a zero coming yeah yeah add Corey Foreman yeah and I'm not yeah, and I think I mentioned that. Like, I don't know even what you do with Corey Foreman in that situation. I mean, I feel like the best thing is to put him in like a, de- a defensive end with his hand in the ground, let him edge rush uh, standing up as well, get them both him and Drake on the, on the same side, or you can put him in a little bit more. I don't know. It's just very interesting. It, it's the thing is, you're going to have plenty of options, and that's what happens when you have talent yeah. and you have stacked a position. Look at that secondary. Plenty of options there. Someone's not playing well, you're getting taken out, and someone else is going in there. And that's what USC should be about at all times. It, should be, it shouldn't be like, who's the best choice of, of our options? It should be, you know, it's of our bad options. It should be, you know, we got talent upon talent upon talent. How do we find ways to get other guys involved? And I think that's what you're going to see on the defensive line. You know, some guys are making play. Lichtenstein is one of the guys that I had him on my list for stock up as well. You know, coming back and out there making some plays right now. He did leave practice on Tuesday. We'll, we'll monitor that one. But, you know, I, I think the way that he's moving around and the fact that, you know, the, the flow looks great as well. You know, stock up on the flow. Yeah, definitely. Always. 
I had stuck up on Drake London. We mm-hmm. got to talk to him and Carrie Colbert on Tuesday in the morning presser. And that's when it really dawned on you, like, hey, he's now the leader of that room. Now, Katie Nixon got some praise from Kerry Colbert for being the vet in the room and bringing good energy. But it's kind of Drake's time now, especially because this is his first real offseason of just focusing on football. So Colbert was saying, like, hey, this is I see him growing and developing every day because he has the the mental acuity to just focus on football. Um, so I guess my, what I'm saying is, like, it's always interesting when guys who have been flagged as the young guy are now that like flag has to be taken off. It's like, Oh, he's not the young guy anymore. So that is stock up for Drake. Cause I think it's his time now. And he's technically a, a third year sophomore. Which you is know? crazy, yeah. If he were to stay, he could set pretty much any record at USC. If he were to stay the entire time, don't see that happening, but he, he definitely could with the production he's had his first two seasons and the extra year of eligibility. Yeah. I'm not surprised he's focusing up knowing that this is his third year. It's the money year when all the scouts are really looking and, He's been producing, so another great season. And like you said, I would be surprised if he came back. But fingers crossed, has a great season. All-American season, which I'm early, early uh, Chris Trevino prediction. Oh, A little, little early spice. You never know. It will be interesting to see exactly how they deploy him. Um, because you can use him in different ways. Do they actually try to manipulate matchups with him? That's not something they've really done a lot of in this offense. They just run their offense and say, hey, someone's going to be open, rather than saying, let's try to get Michael Pittman on this particular guy. Let's try to get Amon Ross St. Brown against a linebacker. You know, They haven't really manipulated matchups that way. And that's something that Kerry said, was that they're going to experiment with him both inside and outside. So I'm curious to see how that develops. Because sometimes when we've heard mixing and matching or inside-outside, it doesn't happen. <laughs> so, which is why one of the guys I have on my list for stock up was Cortland Ford. You know, we we've heard, hey, we're going to mix the offensive line, we're going to mix and match, find our best five. He's the guy who's been at left tackle the entire time that we've been able to see at practice. So he's on stock up for there. The other guy that I had left on my list, you guys have mentioned several of them, was Michael Jackson, uh, the third. Mm, yeah. You know, he's looked really good. The freshman, he's you know turning some heads. We talked about how the receivers were a little thin. You know, he's getting some opportunities and making the most of them so far. I just have one more stock up and I had Raymond Scott just because he's gotten an opportunity so far and shotgun you've talked about this so I'm sure you're gonna jump in and then say it way better than I will right now but he's just one of those guys where you look at him and his body type and you're like that's not he doesn't fit there and then yet he's like making plays he's finding the ball and so it's interesting he's flashing a little bit and so I stock up for Raymond Scott because I didn't come into this being like hey Raymond Scott's gonna really shine it inside linebacker yeah, Raymond Scott doesn't look like a he's not a prototypical like five-star linebacker, you know, as far as the dimensions, the size, the weight, all those type of things. He's a little bit shorter, you know, but he can move, he can cover, he does different things that other linebackers do, and he's a playmaker. He's just a playmaker. Every time we see him, he goes out and makes plays. Is he in the right spot every single time right now? No, but I think that's partly because of the way they bounced him back and forth between linebacker and safety, and if they give him more opportunities, I think he can become a starter. Now, is that going to happen? You know, would Raylan Goforth going to be able to come back? And Kanai Malga, you know, those two guys are slotted at the front right now, and you still got Jordan Esfa and Solomon Tuliolapupu potentially coming back in the fall. Uh, so it's going to be tough for him to get those, you know, game reps. But when he goes in there, we've seen it last season, he just makes plays. So he's a guy to keep an eye on for sure. Not surprised whatsoever. Me and Gerard have been driving the Raymond Scott needs to be a linebacker, stay a linebacker. Every spring or camp, this guy just makes plays. 
He's just in the line, knows for the ball. I know he doesn't look it, but just go look up his stats at Narbonne. The guy finished with like over 300 tackles or whatever. The guy just finds the ball. He's very much like a Scooby Wright. If he was at a school like Arizona that has less talent at the position group at linebacker, he would be a starter full time, and he would probably would have started from his freshman year and would already have you know have a you know an eighty tackle season and probably a hundred tackle season. Uh, he, that's just what he does. He, you know, he just he makes plays all the time, and because he's at USC, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for him to get on the field. So we'll see if he can break his way through there. Because like again, he doesn't look like the guy that you want on the field, but he just makes plays all the time. Yeah. I have a submission for stock neutral. Shotgun oh, is already giving me a glare. I'm rolling my eyes. I'm closing my eyes. I don't even want to Visual see this. bit. I don't but, even want to see this. But I think you'll agree with me because we actually had a conversation about this. No, no. I had stock neutral for, for Kyle Ford because I can't place him in either categories. It's a perfect stock neutral because it's great to see him back out on the field moving around. But I think I said this to Chris on Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then you talked about it on Tuesday. I just feel like he's moving a little too much for where he is rehab-wise. It, it makes me nervous. It makes me a little tense of like, is he pushing it a little bit? Like, is he cutting too much? Like, I don't feel like he's 100%. And so it just looks, he looks a little stiff. And so that's why it's a stock neutral because, hey, he's back. But he's not as fluid as I remember. I think stock neutral is dumb. And But you agree with me. No, Whoa. I don't. But oh. you agree with me. His stock hasn't changed. Stock unchanged. I don't want any part of this. I'm, I'm gonna go do something. And from your yours, you put it in the danger zone category of dropping. His what? stock hasn't changed, and you fear that it could drop because oh, you I'm think he's saying, doing too much. You put a negative and a positive. It's a neutral. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Anyway, stock down. What you got? <laughs> I mean, obviously, you start with Max Williams. Unfortunate yeah. news of of him tearing his ACL, and just kind of the nickel position overall. I think um, it's an opportunity for guys to jump in there. But with Greg Johnson being out and Max Williams now being out, are you moving guys around and not getting opportunities to play them at the positions you think they should be playing? Or do you find someone new? It could be an opportunity for that spot, but right now the nickel position is down with, with the, the two starters and guys that you could look at as co-starters, you know, both being down with injuries right now. In that sense, I had DB depth on stock down um, just because the corners, scholarship corners are thin right now. And then nickel... I mean, with Max Williams down, you'll have to look at Britton Allen, move some guys around. So just, it's interesting when they go into individual drills, you're like counting and you're like, oh, okay, that's it. I know Chris was like, wait, am I looking at this right? Are there just three? We were wondering where the rest of the cornerbacks were, to yeah. be honest. There were four guys it and looks, one of them was a walk-on. It looks worse because Chris Steele is not out there. Mm -hmm. Which I also have the health and safety protocol guys on stock down because that's missing valuable time because we saw Raylan go forth and Drake Jackson come back on Tuesday, but they were just in jerseys and no pads because they had to go through the acclimation period. But that's time missed, you know, because they have to kind of get their bodies right. I mean, I think it's especially important for those two. Wide receiver and cornerback is more of a one-on-one -on -one individual type of position. Linebacker and a new position of outside linebacker for Drake, uh, Drake Jackson. I think both of those guys need as many reps as they can, you know, with a new defense. But even Brew, I mean, he's someone who has always gotten the short end of the stick as far as training and time to evolve. So I think I think all of it is not great for them. Anytime you miss, it's never good. Sure, yes. I had first-team O-line mixing as stock down just because that was something that was talked about. But as you mentioned, we haven't really seen it. It's just been the same five. 
the same five to the end of time. And the only mixing we actually saw, the first mix we saw on Tuesday was Justin Dietrich taking over the left guard spot now and Andrew Millick taking over the second team center spot. But my question is, is that was that just a one day thing? Like McGuire was like, Justin, you're going to play guard for uh, all, all Tuesday practice. Is Saturday going to be back at center? That's something I'm really curious to see if, if it was a true uh, move by Clay McGuire, like bumping Jason Rodriguez down to the third team, like, I like Justin at guard, something we've talked about for a while, but they never really felt like they've never really like gone for it all the way. It's always been he's the backup center and the emergency guard. Now it seems like maybe he's the true backup guard. I think with a new offensive line coach, he's got to see what he's got. I think that's part sure. of it. And I think we thought that maybe, you know, they're mixing and matching, and maybe the second week we would start to see Casey Collier get those first team reps or someone else, and they would move some people around. And maybe. We didn't see it. We didn't see it. But maybe the reason why we didn't see it is because it was a full pad practice. Maybe as we go into the next you know, couple practices where you go, okay, well, we're not going to have full pads on Thursday, that'll be the opportunity to do more teaching and instead of just action. And so maybe that's when you start seeing a little bit more of the mix and the matching. Maybe. But we won't see that practice. So. Yeah, I was just about to jump in and just remind everyone that we don't see Thursday practices. Yeah. So maybe on Saturday we do see a little bit more. That would be my only guess. Otherwise, if we see Cortland Ford there at left tackle and we don't see any other changes again, then you got to believe that Cortland Ford is your first-team left tackle until something else changes. And I would say that's the right move. He just looks more confident to me. I, I think you got to keep giving Casey Collier. I think he has a ton of potential. The way he moves right now at the size that he is now, I think that he has a ton of potential. He's got to get more and more reps because of the mental aspect of picking up stunts and doing those different things. I saw some positive things of him being able to get outside and make some blocks, but I also saw at least one time where he went too far inside and it left open a hole for a linebacker and he filled a filled a gap on a run play and got a big hit. Fair points, but I'm just I'm just saying I think Ford is way farther along and I think that's the better move. We'll see how it continues to progress and the. Always caveat of offensive line, you're always going to have an injury in the season. So how do you adjust to that? How do you you know figure out what goes on beyond that? On my stock down coming off of that is Jason Rodriguez. Yeah, that is well. Anytime you drop from the second team to the third team, that's a huge drop. That's probably the biggest drop. You know, it's a demotion when you move from starter to second team, and especially on the offensive line. But when you go from second team to third team, not as bad in the spring, but in the fall – you just don't get any reps. You're on the scout team. You get no reps at all during practice yeah. during the season. So that's a big drop. He needs to. He's got to find a way to dig himself back up in, onto the second team so he can continue to get reps. He's a guy that we thought had potential coming out of high school, but needed the some time, needed some seasoning, needed someone to be working on the technique, and it hasn't had. He hasn't had any big jumps yet. So that's a guy that I'm I'm worried about actually about where he's at right now in his career. Now maybe Clay McGuire gets to him different than Tim Drevno was able to and you know was able to you know find something and elevate him there. But you worry about a guy when they, they're in their third season and they haven't taken a big jump yet. Yeah, every time I looked over and I was looking at Jason Rodriguez, I noticed that Toa Lobendon was always in his ear. He's always telling him something, oh, always coaching him up. So, you know, maybe there's like a little bit of a, you know, Toa sees something and he's going to try to bring it now that Toa is on the staff as a, uh, grad assistant, maybe there, there's a, a bond building there, and hopefully, you know, he can move him along back to his his way back up the the depth chart. And maybe they've even signaled out or, or singled out Toa and said, "Hey, we want you to work with this guy. 
you know, he's not to where we think he should be at this point. We need you to go in and be, you know, kind of his mentor and, you know, take individual care of him each day to work and try to progress because there is potential there. He has the body, he has the length that you're looking for. Yeah, if you look along that third team line, one of these guys is not like the others, and that's him. He was a fresh, he was an All American coming out of high school. He's the last consensus four star offensive lineman USC assigned. Um, and the other guys are walk-ons and some projects like uh, uh, Andres DeWork, who's starting, at, who's working at right guard. Who, no offense to him, but he has he has a lot of uh, development to go. But you you look at the line, and Jason was a big time signee coming out of high school. So so you want to invest by having Toa put that time and energy into him. I think that's a great point. Also, this might be a random side heard it. I was telling these guys on Tuesday, it's going to take me a while to realize that Toa's not injured. In that he's a, a a grad assistant now. It's just weird to see sometimes. Um, you guys took most of my stock downs. And I think I said all of them. This is a random stock down. I said quarterback to wide receiver chemistry. I don't feel like it's exactly there yet. And obviously that's going to happen when you lose guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Vons, who were especially smooth. But I just feel like it's still a work in progress. You have Katie Nixon there. That's a new guy. Mike Jack, you're kind of getting used to that. Keen Slovis to Gary Bryant, I don't think is fully hammered out yet. I just think these are kinks that, of course, you're going to work out in spring camp. But I just don't think it's 100% yet. And that was on my stock down. Well, you think about it, you have the quarterbacks that are the backups. Mo Hassan barely got any time last year because of the compartment leg syndrome. The freshmen have no time with any of these guys. Yep. Um, and then Keen Slovis really hasn't worked with any of these receivers mm-hmm. in the positions they're at. Now, Gary Bryant's moved around a little bit, but he was mostly on the second group last year, so it wasn't like he was getting a ton of first-team reps. And Drake London's playing outside versus inside, and you probably would say, yeah, that's the best chemistry so far that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. so that's what I'm saying. It needs, yeah. it needs work. That's what the spring's for, just like you pointed out. I think uh, stock down is the tight ends. You know, Josh Follow goes down with an injury, and you know, I've, I've thought of Eric Cromanhook and seen it. I was like, oh, yeah, Eric Cromanhook once so far this season. He had one touchdown in a 7-on-7 drill or something. Ethan Ray has kind of stood out and like, oh, good to see him out there. But Great Jude, to see him out there. But Jude Wolf not being out there um, and now follow being down. So I think the tight ends where we thought could be potentially a position of depth and maybe they would finally work their way into being a part of the offense with Drake London moving outside, being more of an actual asset in the passing game. But now you, you, you have two of your probably the, the best pass catchers of that group are both sidelined right now. So I got tight ends on stock down. I think you won't even see that fire until Michael Trigg gets on campus. I feel like that's a guy that you're like, okay, let's actually involve the Titans now. Whereas before, you're kind of like, okay, we'll have him block. And I think Drake London moving outside potentially opens that up for Mm. Michael Trigg. I think that's part of it. Now, Lake McCree has been on campus, and he has flashed a couple of times. But, you know, I think he's a developmental guy. I think he's going to be, you know, a couple years before he's going to be a starter or anything. Yeah, I just want to quickly say Lake McCree has caught my eye. He's very natural as a pass catcher, mm-hmm. and he's got great body control. So I'm looking forward to see how he develops. But really good hands, really good uh, receiver. He's more jumbo receiver than tight end. Yeah. So I don't know what his blocking looks like. I don't think I've seen a lot of his blocking so far, so I need to watch for that more. But natural pass catcher. That's where I think the development is for him. You know, He's got to become a better blocker to become that. I just had freshman backup QB right now because it seems like at this point they're really having those growing pains so I want to see what it looks like in two in a week or in two weeks or whatever but I just feel like Mo Hassan is in the driver's seat for the backup job I don't know if I actually fully agree with this take interesting I just think it's just it's too early 
It's four practices. That's what in. I said right now. If you listen to what I said, <laughs> I tried to. I tried. She's like, I tried to, and then my ears started bleeding from listening to you. But you said Mohassan's in the driver's seat. Yes. Someone has to drive the car. Yeah, Keen Slows. <laughs> Not exactly. that car. This is this is like the motorcycle sidecar. You know, they're just yeah. Someone has to be in the sidecar. And I'm saying I think that's still up for grabs. I think it's I think it's a side clown car right now. I think they're all three in there. Dun, 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 dun. I think if a game was started this week, it'd be Mo Hassan, is what I'm saying. Because it's four practices in in spring camp. That's what I I'm said right now. <laughs> okay. I just think it's unfair. I don't know why I'm like very protective of these two quarterbacks because everyone's like, who's better, Jackson Dorner or Miller Moss? Like he, they've had a couple hours on campus throwing the ball. Like can we all chill for a second? Probably have literally had a couple hours. On That's campus. what I'm saying. <laughs> um, no, I would disagree with Chris uh, as well um, because I would say if you're going to um, meet out this competition, meet I would out. <laughs> yeah, M E T. If you're going to measure out this competition at this point, I would go with meet because I, I think that this is, deserves punishment for Chris. Um, then I think you would say that Mohassan is stock up rather than those guys being stocked down uh, as a group. So I would agree with I that. I think Mohassan has shown some really nice things. I thought he's done a really nice job with moving his shoulders to or, or, or using his shoulder movement to move defenders and open up windows, especially in zone coverage. So I think he's done a nice job there. I think it's just what we kind of expected from the freshman quarterback so far, so I don't think they would be stocked down. Stock unchanged. To be clear, Stock I was saying... neutral. No. To, oh. to be clear, I was saying a freshman as the direct backup, not the freshman QBs are stocked down. See, but I don't even think that's the a case. A freshman winning the backup job. Out of I spring. actually think a freshman could win the job. I'm not. Yeah, I pick them to win the job. All right, guys, you're still arguing over this. So we're moving on. Oh, it's Chris and I's first feud on the family. I don't feud know podcast. about that. Uh, I don't My know. last stock down is Brandon Peely. You know, he's a guy that's a little bit slow coming on so far. You disagree with me? Okay, uh, you can. I'm going to meet this one out. <laughs> All right. He's slow coming on, and you talk about the position positional versatility, which means there's so many more guys that can potentially move into that defensive tackle spot. So he hasn't shown out yet. He's only had one padded practice, but I don't think that he's taken a step forward to dominate that position, which is what he needs to do to hold off Ishmael Sopshire potentially. So you jumped on me for four practices <laughs> at a QB spot, and you're – Dinging up a guy who's had one practice back from injury? Yes, because he's only had one practice. His stock is down because he sh- he could be taking steps to take over that spot, and he hasn't been able to do that. If anything, I think his stock is up just because I thought he would be out longer. I disagree with the, the fact that he's not taking over the spot yet. I thought, other he, looked guys fine. Are, I thought he looked fine on Tuesday. Other guys are flashing, and he hasn't yet. He looked fine. He just got he back. He needs to flash. He needs to take over that spot. He's a senior. He's the defense. He should be a defensive captain by this point. It's one he practice. needs to take over that spot. It's one practice. Well, if it's one practice, take over it. Dominate that one practice. I feel like you bet $100 that Brandon <laughs> Beely would be the starter. <laughs> and you're like sweating that 100 You're like, I need this. The tap. passion is there for sure. Uh, Brandon Beely, if you're listening to this, just <laughs> cut that audio clip and Look, put that in your, your headphone. Fine. Look, if, if the coaching staff goes out and says, we need to go get a transfer from Alabama to fill this spot, they don't start two defensive tackles all the time. They don't start two nose tackles. Brandon Peele was the backup to Marlon Tupelo to the entire season last year. He didn't start beside him. So 
if they if they feel that they need to go and replace Marlon Tuipolotu, that should be a sign to you that I need to do something to take over this spot, not that, hey, Marlon's gone, so I should be the starter now. So you need to come out and you need to prove it from day one. Once you get on the field, he's got his opportunity. Now we need to see it. That's why he's on my stock down so far. To be fair, he didn't start alongside him because he had a broken hand, finger? Finger. finger. He had surgery on his finger for the first. As someone who broke their finger, screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Screw you. Interesting. Okay. I actually, you warned me up a little bit to this idea. Well, I mean, given the history of Brandon Peely, it's always kind of been lukewarm through different defensive line coaches. So it kind of shows you it's more player than coach. I kind of understand it, but I also think it's unfair because he was injured. He's got potential. He needs to take it over. It's his spot to take over, and it, it has down. to happen in the in the spring, especially if it's, with Sopshire so, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This this is this is very similar to me to the quarterback battle before JT Daniels came in. You said, hey, Jack Sears or Matt Fink, someone needs to take over this role and say, I'm the starter to begin the fall. JT Daniels has to take it from me. And that's what Brandon Peely needs to do this spring. So I know he's only been out there one practice, but he that for him, he needs to be able to take over that spot. Okay. I'm a little bit more on your side, which I hate admitting, but, you know, <laughs> i got to be honest. Let's move on to Heard It on the Sidelines. No, not Shotgun's podcast. The OG segment started on the Family Feud podcast. The most confusing segment in all of that Chris sports podcast. Chris hates it, but it's fine. It's like the most easiest segment out of all of them, but it's fine. It's cool. It's I'm, literally the insider information that we hear because we're close to the action that fans wouldn't be able to hear. Come on, we Chris. heard it on the sidelines. Popping. <laughs> Keeps it on a popping. So because we were closer... In our new little aquatics viewing center, if you will, when the team practices at Howard Jones Field, we actually got to hear the running backs really close. And we got to hear Mike Jinx. And so uh, the team transitioned from special teams drills to just individual drills. Um, and you see the the running backs, who most of them are on the special teams unit getting reps um, as returners. And so Brandon Campbell, I think he was lost a little bit. I don't know where he was. He was late to getting to the running backs group. And you just hear guys being like, BC, BC. And then he finally gets there a little bit winded and like puts his hands on his knees and bends over a little bit. And Mike Jinx just comes in and goes, stand the F up. I didn't drop an F-bomb, even though Chris has his uh, weekly F-bomb that he drops (laughs) on this podcast. Stand the F up and have good body language and just like full out yelling at him. And that's something that we probably wouldn't have heard if we were in our little media pen. But we got up and close to that. Um, and he was he was struggling a little bit. He was out of breath. But uh, that was something that I was like, oh, got to write that down. That was interesting. He's not your main recruiter anymore. He's your coach now. Yeah. And, you know, set the tone for a freshman. Let him know that, yeah, it's not we got to have you here. We really want you. We really. And now it's, you know. Get, your get ass, in line. Get your ass in line. Let's go. Um, so I, I think it, it's interesting from the vantage point that we are. We're getting to hear different coaches than we had in the past. Yeah. Just because they're still in, the 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 team is still practicing in the same spots that they previously were in, but because we're we're swung around on top of the aquatics center. Now we're hearing you know the running backs. We're seeing Graham Harrell working, doing individual stuff with the quarterbacks, and we're seeing the offensive line as well, um, which didn't spend much time listening to Clay McGuire, but that's somebody that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on as well. Go, Chris. You uh, have to do it. <laughs> He's in so I much guess pain if right I now. have to do something, it would be just how vocal Chase Williams has been 
in practice. Stealer, stealer. Keely's so mad. Why is she stealing? <laughs> Why is she mad? Because this is something that I've been saying to Shotgun after every practice, and he's like, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. And I'm like, he's I've so vocal. Yeah, because I said, did you hear Trace Williams? And you're like, I heard it that time. <laughs> but yeah, I well, had I had this on my heart too, but go ahead, Chris. Well, last Saturday, he was very vocal before uh, team period, trying to get the defense fired up. Um, he is taking all the first team reps, so I feel like he feels a sense of responsibility to be a bigger leader, be a more vocal leader. And then on Tuesday, after Max Williams had went down, he was screaming because obviously that took a lot of wind out of the defense. Mm-hmm. There was a down moment. Some guys were on their knees. Hunter Echols did a quick little prayer. So there was a little bit of needing to get reset back into the moment. And, you know, Chase was screaming, you know, turn the F up. No, I can. I still have my, my F bomb. So turn, turn the F thank you thank you for reminding me uh so he was just trying to get everyone turned up back into the moment because obviously you saw their brother go down but they still had practice to do so trying to get everyone back in the moment i feel like we always see a guy in the off season to spring kind of had that i i hate that i'm about to say this had that light bulb go on oh no (laughs) oh that's it so sorry. That's it. Shoot me off this podcast. I, I she got us all up in a lather. We're all in the lather now. <laughs> there is a flip that switches. How about that? That is even worse. Nope. There's a flip that switches. There's a switch that flips. <laughs> You're gonna drop a love of my life soon, aren't you? <laughs> no. Deep dark love over here. <laughs> no, no. But there is something where a guy kind of wakes up and is like, "Hey, there is now more mobility for me up on the depth chart." I can be a leader, possibly. Let me try this out in spring and go full force. And I feel like Chase Williams is one of those guys who had that happen. Hey, Bubba. (laughs) (laughs) Big horse. Big horse. That's a big horsey leader right there. I cut all that. I feel like Chase just has a sense of urgency. Like, this is his opportunity. He's been the backup for so long. He's had a couple opportunities some have worked out, some haven't. When he filled in for Talanoa in that Washington game, didn't have a great game. But I feel like this, he feels like this is his time. He feels those young guys coming in, brought in a transfer, uh, transfer safety in Xavion Alford. So I feel like he's trying to do whatever he can to stand out and you know prove he's an asset when he's on the field. I think urgency is a great word. You bring all of those safeties in. Now he's got to remember as a freshman – came in in that Notre Dame game and played really well you know, at the end of the year because other guys. So he knows what can happen if, if someone goes down. So he's got to step up and take that role, I think, is how he feels. Let's not forget, he was one of the player leaders in the offseason before last season. So I, I think he has that leadership element there uh, that, that the other guys will listen to and respect. So hearing him more vocal on, on the practice field is a positive sign towards that. And you want a safety to do that. Isaiah Polamau, Talano Hufunga just aren't the loudest guys. So if he can step in and, and do that, you know, that's something a little bit different from the back end for them. You know, I, those guys, Isaiah and Talanoa, both teach up a lot of other guys, but they weren't that, you know, big vocal leader. Whereas Chase Williams, we saw him after a big hit on uh, Stephen Carr, standing over him flexing. And that was, you know, intended, that's something that's intended for the rest of the defense to see and the coaching staff to see. That's a good point. I'd be like, hey, man, I'm your teammate. <laughs> seven on up. seven. Help I'm me your up. number. I'd be like, dude, get get out of here. We're not having this in practice. And then I would have thrown the football at him because that's what I used to do in high school. Oh, we have a shotgun high school football reference. Bingo. Ding, ding. 
I, I thought something that was interesting that we heard is Clay Helton. There was a phone passed to him to talk to a recruit, and Chris said that he he has talked with recruits before. They've said that that they have. What, Chris? Why? Are you... I like that you said that like I'm lying. Chris is alleged <laughs> that this has happened before. I said that because he you, doesn't believe. I'm trying to give you some credit here. That Thank you, you, you but it just heard... came off very like because he can't give you full credit. He has to sow some doubts. True at all. He gave me credit on Instant the other day. So I want to give you credit because you said you've seen this before. I had not seen this. I had not heard this from any recruits. But to see it in person, I thought was very interesting that in the middle of practice, they hand the phone to Clay Helton. I think it was special teams drillers or something. So he's not necessarily directly involved. And he likes to float in between drills uh, anyways. But to have him take the phone and he immediately yells, you know, it's so beautiful. It's sunny, uh, sunny Southern California. It's a great Saturday, and and you know, selling USC really well as far as you know a spring practice. Whereas I don't know where this recruit was from. Maybe he's somewhere where the weather's not great right now. But really selling it and doing that well. And I thought it was interesting just the fact that they're doing that during practice. And we saw the phone then go to Gavin Morris. There was a couple other phone calls. Armand Hawkins Jr. was kind of corralling the, the recruits on the phone and passing the phone to the, the person in between drills or when drills when coaches weren't you know very active in. So I, I thought it was interesting to see the constant recruitment. And remember, this was the big one of the big knocks on the coaching staff a year, what, a year and a half ago, is that you know some of the coaches just don't care about recruiting. Now they're doing it while they're in practice. So as long as they're still pra- they're coaching guys up, and I thought that they were doing it at a time in a timely fashion. You know, not in the middle of one on ones, or not in the middle of seven on seven or team. You know, it was it was like leading into special teams periods where a guy like Kerry Colbert's not involved. Uh, More low key. Yeah. So I, I thought it was interesting how they were doing that and still doing it during practice. I think that would stand out to me. That would resonate if I'm a recruit. But like, wow, they took time out of practice to call me up and, and FaceTime with me during practice. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and they'll use that, per the recruit I talked to, they'll use it to show practice, their position group. Like, oh, okay. I, I spoke with Jake Taylor, the four-star offensive tackle out of Gorman. He said they let me watch a little bit of Tim Drebno when he was here coaching in spring or in fall. Um, so that, that, that's like, they can show a big time defensive lineman, Vic Soto with, with the D guys and how they're working. So I think that's also huge because right now, and it's probably an adjustment to it, but because there are no unofficial visits, you can't come, you know, that's watch practice and see that, you know, cause that's what guys always talk about. Hey, what would you see on your unofficial visit? Oh, well, I wanted to see how they were coaching up my position group. So I think that's a really big thing for them. And, you know, it's interesting to see how they've adapted to, to the circumstances that we have. I had one more um, I, I, that I thought was interesting was hearing Mike Jinx when they were going into the pass reps, you know, where they have they had six quarterbacks throwing, which is kind of crazy to begin with, but they're all throwing different routes and stuff, and him just yelling game reps, game reps, game reps, and trying to set that tone, set that tempo for the offense when you know when you're throwing one on one routes or not even one on one, you're throwing against air routes on air. You can just kind of walk through it, and the quarterbacks can throw it at fifty percent, especially at this time of year. But I thought it was interesting that that's one of the things you know that they were trying to push and emphasize is game reps, do it full speed, you know, go go full throttle right here. Alrighty, well that wraps it up for heard it on the sidelines, which means it's time for Chris's classic segment. Take it or leave it. Sorry, I'm just warming up my vocal. Okay, also doing a visual bit. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> We have a longer bit of a, a longerish read here, guys. So bear with me. It's okay. not too long, but it's, you know, we're getting a little more elaborate okay. as the time goes on. Thank you to our fake real corporate sponsor this week for Take It or Leave It. 
Guys, did you know that close to 24 million Americans experience some sort of spring allergies? Did not. Wow. And did you know an even smaller minority exists in that number? That's right. College football fans. Here at Zyrtec, we understand that spring fever optimism is a real thing. We know it's an annual moment for college football fans who love to take in a fresh slate every year. But we also know there are fans that who don't want any part of this. This is for you. With Zyrtec's new Spring Optimism Shield, you'll be immune from all things optimistic about spring football. <laughs> is your fav- you'll be immune from things like your favorite podcaster saying things like, culture creation is really coming along. <laughs> Comments like, the punts are booming this spring will just bounce off of you. Hey. Or interesting little nuggets like the tight ends are really looking like a factor in practice. (laughs) None of it's getting to you. Take our once daily tablet or nasal spray and leave those blooming flowers of spring football optimism to die in the coldness of your heart. Zyrtec, we about that pessimism. (laughs) Thank you to Zyrtec. We have free samples. Uh, well done. Terrific. For the first. For the P. Uh, for the first. Yeah. For our <laughs> subscribers of the P. Just DM me. Dan Weber needs like a cargo shipment as well. <laughs> so thank you to them. Uh, take it or leave it. Let's try to be quick here. Let's see if Let's we can get it. a real. There is no clear star of spring camp. Take it. Leave it. Not yet. Whoa. I know. She didn't even think about it. She went in there. That's the first. Yeah, she jumped on that. Let's be quick, but let's make fun of Keely too. I'm taking it. Okay. Yes. I'm I think it's too it. early. It's four practices in, and we've seen I've seen two of them. I'm leaving it. It's fine, you can so far it's Joshua Jackson. Now it could still change, but so far. You didn't even say star when he talked about it. It's you said standout, yeah. That's not the same thing. I know. I'm not agreeing with you. (laughs) Of course you're not. I'll disagree with myself to still disagree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Drake London playing outside is a bigger deal than Gary Bryant playing outside. I'm going to leave it. I'm taking it. Oh, we got some splits today. I love it. Because Gary Bryant has played some outside already, or Drake London really hasn't. So I think it's bigger for him to be out there. And it shows that the window might be open for someone like Michael Trigg to come in and get early playing time. See, I can talk myself into both answers right now. As is every single take it or leave it we've ever done. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think I'm just going to go with this, even though I don't fully agree with it. I think it's a bigger deal because I feel like Gary is more a slot guy, in my opinion. And so I think it's a bigger deal than I think. Than a six foot five guy playing outside. Yes, I think it's yes. Thank you. Just trying to a little assist. Thank you. I believe in it. I don't know what I was about to say. I believe in it. I believe in it, Chris. What was I about to say? No, I, leave it. I, leave it. I leave it. it. Uh, Keaton Slovis' spring passes have looked like the 2019 season over 2020. I'm going to take it by the way that you phrased it. It looks more like 2019 than 2020. However, I will not say that it is quite 2019 yet. Copy and paste that answer. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Okay. And I think part of it may come back to what Keeley said, just not having the uh, rapport with the receivers right now. True. Yes. I was talking more about the spin. And I the, know. Okay. 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 DB depth is more concerning than linebacker depth. Leave it. 
Okay. So you're at least getting more DBs in the fall enrollment period than you are with linebackers. It's not like you're getting a, a gaggle. Your favorite word, Chris. Why? Everyone's just pick, picking out this gaggle word. <laughs> gaggle of geese. I'm going to leave it. Okay. I think linebacker is okay because you've got guys like Raymond Scott. you got Julian Simon, who we haven't really seen with the first and second group. We've seen walk-ons with that second group. A lot of walk-ups. But I think there's some still – there's some talented players that aren't getting a chance yet. Tua C.V. Nomura hasn't really practiced yet. Uh, Kaulana Makaula, I'm interested to see him in a linebacker spot. It, now that they made that move, didn't see him on Saturday or on Tuesday, excuse me, so interested to see him there. There's some scholarship guys still there, whereas the cornerback depth in particular – you're like, if someone else gets hurt, you know, if you had, instead of Max Williams, if you had one of the starting cornerbacks go down instead of the nickelback, do you need to then look on the offensive side once again and see if you can find someone to make a move? Okay. Okay. Throwing this one a little bit NFL. The boy Sam Darnold, as you probably know, is off to a new home. A Sam Darnold led Panthers will reach the playoffs in 2021. Leave it. Because I'm a Falcons fan, they're in the same division. <laughs> All right, leave it. Okay, I, I knew just... someone who's a very big uh, Carolina Panthers fan. Okay, and apparently the structure of the organization is not good right now. <laughs> like get... the team, or they mean like the front office? Both. Oh, you got the Bucks, you got the Falcons in the same division, so you're going to be searching for a wild card there. Okay, okay. So it might depend on how bad the NFC East is in your division. But I will give props for their social media team for doing a "Hey Darnold," that was fun. And finally, there no was comment a, on that. He just goes straight into the next one. And finally, there was a bracket done by USC for the number one tradition. Uh, okay, oh Keely, he's ready for this. One by the victory sign. Mm-hmm. So the take or leave it is the victory sign was never in any danger of not winning this bracket. Oh, what was the runner-up? Uh, no names on the jersey. Yeah, I I don't know how that one. I, I saw the bracket early. I don't know how that one made it all the way. Who to voted the on the bracket? People on Twitter. People on Twitter. Oh, how it did was I open. Miss this? <laughs> I I think the the one tradition that could have potentially taken it down, and I was surprised the didn't Cinderella make it fur- further. I don't even think it's a Cinderella. <laughs> I think it was an upset that they didn't make it further. It was the Song Girls. I think oh. the two things that you think of, one, the, the victory sign, I think, was was clear and favorite because that's how people recognize if you see someone with a USC hat on, someone will throw up the fingers. And if they don't respond, you go, that's not our USC fan. Even if you don't <laughs> pay attention to football, like anyone who goes to USC knows you have to do that thing. Exactly. That thing. <laughs> that thing. I did it, though. Visual the alumni. Bit. Visual bit. Keely, you're that's alum. alum. That alum. thing. That thing. Wait, so you're taking it? You're taking that it was never in danger? Yeah, I'm taking that it was never in danger, especially after the song girls got eliminated early. Also, why wasn't Tusk on this? Uh, Just asking. What is the least tradition on there? Like, this is not a thing? Yeah, what's the 16th seed? I feel like the jeweled shillelagh? <laughs> that might be because <laughs> USC hasn't won it at all. Yeah, recently. maybe. Damn. Okay. That, might, that might, yeah. But also, it like the victory bell is something that is you see all through the season. You know, it's rung. You know, third downs and stuff. The shillelagh is not something that they're like shaking on the sideline on third down to yeah, pump that's everybody what I'm saying. up. So that was out of all the traditions were good picks. I just was trying to identify a 16 seed. Those are all my USC corporate. Thank you to Zertech for sponsoring that. Check out that new Spring Optimism Shield. 
And we're giving out free samples on the page. Just hit me up. 24 hours or 12? Uh, it is a 24 hour. Okay. Good to so, know. For those late night people. For on those pee. late hey. night pee. Shotgun <laughs> drops a random thing at 3 a.m. You ready? Let's run through some fun ones real quick. Okay. Kong or Godzilla? From a movie standpoint or from a, I think this person, I guess it's not a person, thing would win. Isn't that the same thing? Well, I guess. I don't think so because Kong, like, the people all rally behind him, right? Like, he's fighting for the people. So then you would have to root for him, right? But if I'm choosing who's going to win... Who are you betting on? Godzilla. He can spit fire. Come on. Where does Mighty Joe Young fit into this category? (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) He's like half size of Kong, I think. Okay. So, Keely's picking Mighty Joe Young. (laughs) He picked Godzilla. I think Godzilla because he seems cooler, in my opinion. Cooler. Plus the terror of the scream. Terror of the scream. I do enjoy that. And a tail. Tail whip. I mean, there's... How does he even lose? I don't even understand. I've never watched the old one, but I've never seen any of these movies. If you haven't picked up on that, hmm. the Red Sox new yellow and blue jerseys. Horrible. Take the it. Boston I mean, leave Bruins. it. <laughs> um, yeah, leave it because it's UCLA colors. It looks so like UCLA's team. It's weird. It the hat looks almost exactly like UCLA, one of UCLA's hats. Yeah, so leave one it. One of UCLA's baseball. It doesn't hats. make me think of Boston. So in that. The reason you do know the reason why they do it though, right? It's because the Boston Marathon colors are apparently that. Which I didn't know marathons had colors. Oh, I didn't know marathons had colors either. So you're not gonna get one of those hats. No. To your hat collection. No. I have no Red Sox hats. I saw this clip today before I was coming in. A Illinois gymnast Illinois. Fighting in the Illini, dude. <laughs> yes. For the their gymnast team. I'm taking it. Did the what's the thing where you run the and you the vault? Stuck it, like absolutely stuck it, and then celebrated by taking out his vaccine card and flexing on everyone. Like, yeah. So are we taking this as a new form of stunting celebrating in 2021? Yes. Like Drake, Drake London mossing a dude Pulls and then pull the out helmet. a laminated vax card and be like, Moderna, b- <laughs> Are we it's taking curses. this? Yeah, I don't know if that's allowed, Chris. You might have to run some laps. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. Yes. I take it. You're taking it. I think it's unique. I think it's a great PSA for the people. And what's more 2021 than vaccine card? <laughs> I agree with all those things. I think people <laughs> should want to get vaccinated in those things. But leaving it. Where in the hell are you putting? is Drake London putting that? You know how sweaty that's going to be when it comes out? Laminate it. Laminate it. It's so much better yeah, than the It's got to come out of his hip pad. No. no uh, 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 necklace. Akeem yeah. Tlaib can rip it off of him? Give me that Vax card. Oh, that's a good point. Give me that Vax card. <laughs> And then trying to rip it on the field. <laughs> okay, okay, that's a good lamination. You can have that. That's a good lamination. You can have that. Trainer, that's a trainer, trainer, give me the scissors. Give me the yeah, scissors. give me scissors. Give me scissors. Trainer, give me scissors. And one and one. And what, one. Time, what time do you guys eat dinner? I saw this on Twitter and he was like, I just want to know. This is very controversial. What time do you eat dinner? I, I don't even want to know. This guy was eating lunch at <laughs> four. At four. He was calling at lunch. I'm terrified about his answers. But what time do you eat dinner? Is it a practice day or is it like a normal, I'm a normal human? <laughs> On day? average. Oh, no. Okay. Just, just say it. Just say it. Just go. On a practice day, it'll be like nine or ten. Okay. On a normal day, maybe like six. I don't know. Six? Okay. It varies. I don't eat on a certain a set schedule. 
my answer is whenever the third time I get hungry during the day. If that's at 2 a.m., that's at 2 a.m. I don't have set hours. We know. In, in, in normal life. So why would I set specific times for breakfast or lunch or dinner? Also, I have a weird appetite. I get nauseous a lot, so it, it varies. Yeah, you are weird. He was, these are the two worst people to ask this question. <laughs> exactly. To. Yeah. Literally the two worst people I could Anywhere asked. from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. Depending Who eats on, dinner at 2 p.m.? If I woke that up at not- 5 o'clock and I'm hungry, I ate at 5 and I ate at 9 and suddenly it's 2 o'clock and I'm hungry again, I'm eating again. That's my dinner. That's all I got for you guys. Wow. Great job, Chris. Thank you, dessert tech. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's going to wrap it up. No, no, no. It's not. I'm throwing an and one in here. Oh! And one! And one! Because what? Whistle, whistle. Do a whistle sound effect. And one comes from what? Basketball? Just went to this NCAA tournament thing. <laughs> we didn't even mention that. If you're listening, there's another 30 minutes of this podcast. I came bearing gifts <gasps> for you guys. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is the greatest and one I've ever seen. You mean the face. <gasps> then you should scream and one. And one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got me on the hip rep. Look at that. This Look is at so that exciting. swag. Chuck has never done anything this nice. I got you guys Elite Eight shirts, because oh. who knows when USC will make it back to the Elite Eight. Damn, and um, a burn. With the logos from the teams. And it's just, there's three Pac-12 teams in there, so I thought it was really Back-to-pack. cool. Back-to-pack. Historic. So wow. grab you guys some shirts on the way out. This, um, is, this is why Shotgun is the best USC beat writer <laughs> in the nation. Wow. Even though they're all in California, but in the nation. <laughs> and happy birthday to Keeley. Oh, it's thank you. This week. Also, I am... Now fully accepting this segment, if I get a present every time you do it, so no basketball season's over now. The AM one is a basketball. Yeah, his, his his skin is shed. He's snake spring. He's spring. Is he's snake shotgun is done. He's, he's spring football Ugh. shotgun. Okay, well, thank you for the present. So Welcome, nice. guys. Thank you. Alrighty, what a wholesome way to end this podcast. <laughs> I just want to get the reactions on the podcast. We spiked our mics very hard, but it was worth it because we were genuinely surprised. So thanks, shotgun. Alrighty, that's going to wrap it up. We'll be back with or without shotgun. Who knows? Depends on what state of, what do they call what butterflies do? Metamorphosis. Yeah, whatever state of metamorphosis you are in, who knows? We'll see. Alrighty, that's going to wrap it up for this week's pod, and we'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.